Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Have you had a tough life? Well, maybe you're finding it hard to rise above your circumstances. Well, today's story may just encourage you going forward. And then, of course, goals are important, but do you have a system in place to support those goals? Well, we're going to talk about that and so much more today. And of course, joining me is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. You know, I had a chance to listen to a little bit of David's podcast on the way up here. Man, he did a great job. Yeah, he did. I love to hear people when they come in and fill this chair because, I don't know, that's just the the heart of this ministry is to hear the stories from other people. And to get to hear them live, that's even more incredible. So thanks, David, for... For filling in, I, obviously I was uh, I was moving last week. We've been in the same house for 20 years now, and uh, we're making some changes in our household. So I was out moving, and, and so David did a great job filling in for us. That's always a big deal, right? Hey, before we get started, Dean, though, there's something that needs to be said this morning. What's that? Happy birthday. Well, thank you. So how young are you? 58 years old today. 58. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You don't look so, a day o- older than 57. Though. I know, right? So Yeah. Uh, so, and... Uh, <laughs> I am just a day older now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we get started, let's talk about our sponsor for this week. Trinity Trinity Disposal is the go-to disposal company for Whitfield County and surrounding areas. Trinity offers weekly residential trash collection and commercial front-end load dumpsters. Trinity is very detail-oriented and has an excellent customer service reputation. So if you're interested in the top-of-the-line disposal service, Trinity Disposal is the route for you. And, you know, it's it's funny to hear us say if you're looking for the top-of-the-line disposal service, but that's really what they are. I've talked yeah. on here before about the heart behind this company and how customer service and excellence is at the top of everything they do. So thank you to Hunter and to Trinity Disposal and all the guys down there. Uh, they do a great job, and, and they support what we do here. We can't do... What we do without our sponsors, so thank you. I always love to see companies and organizations that do something that we take for granted, yeah. you know, that are so passionate about doing it right. Sure. That just that, sure. that excites me. I love to see it. Well, we had a Facebook post last week that comes from Patrick Hubbard. He says, must admit to my mounting frustration. Week 33 and for the most part have been injury free. Nothing to make me miss workouts, but the last few weeks, my left calf has been giving me fits. The week 31 workout three hills went fine, but Friday at work, my calf began to tighten up. Ever since, I have felt some better, but if I try to run, it cramps right back up. I feel it when I walk the stairs at my house. Uh, I, I have tried to keep up with the workouts by walking. I am better than I was two weeks ago, but I went out tonight and with it, with the first quarter mile, it started again. Dejected and frustrated, I went home stretching ibuprofen and ice. I'm signed up for a 5K race this weekend that I would really like to run and I definitely don't want to fall behind in my training. I'm a pretty competitive person, so I'm struggling to miss workouts. First time in 33 weeks. Uh, 
Lord, help me to learn your lessons and shine your light. Heal me quickly if it be your will. Your will be done and not mine. You know, I saw I saw this post um, when Patrick made it. And it's funny how <clears throat> in none of our material, uh, really, it's not something we've ever talked about in the past. But it seems like for some reason, calf issues have, at least in my circle, have become more common the past few years. Have you noticed that? Well, I noticed the past few weeks that, that I've seen several issues. Because you and I so, had a friend, Keith, who yeah. struggled with calf issues did, yeah. mightily for mm-hmm. years. Uh, Travis, who's actually been on this podcast with Upward, he's struggling with a calf issue right now. You know, he took some time off from running and uh, for some surgery he had to have, and he came back, and he's struggling with a calf issue right now. We have Patrick here, um, and – it's like there's it's like there's no set way to fix that. You know, for most of these injuries, there's there's set ways to do it, but it seems like rest is not necessarily the fix for a calf injury. And I, I don't know if it's just the strengthening that we've talked about that you, I you know, I told Travis, I said Dean always says do calf raises in the shower, maybe that'll help. I don't, you know. Yeah. It's it seems like it's a mystery, but it's something we're hearing more and more about. Yeah, and I think the problem with calves is that there's no way to kind of halfway do things with your calves, sure. right? I mean, you just you're you're tough on your calves if you're walking at all, and so there's really no way to kind of reduce. You can reduce the force by one of the things that I always did with my athletes when they had calf problems was to we didn't do any heel workouts. Mm-hmm. And he mentions the heel workout here. It sounds like that was the kind of the final straw. And I think Travis mentioned the same thing. Yeah, he did H- some heels. Heel workouts are super super stressful on your mm-hmm. calves. So if your calves really really hurt it might be better to find something else that's what i always did for athletes is i always had them do a tempo run or some other strength type work instead of the the hills sure. because uh, and they would they would eventually get over it but you're right taking time off for calves i mean if you take a week or two off a lot of times when you start back they feel weaker than they did when you when yeah. you took the time off yeah it's crazy i remember this my issue i remember when i fa- when i finally made my decision i was going to do something about my calf problems and it was in Hawaii. <laughs> Debbie and I were in Hawaii. Yeah, I think it was our five-year anniversary. And I went out for a run. I really wanted to run up this w- one mountain in mm-hmm. particular. And I just couldn't do it. Yeah. It hurt too bad. And I just couldn't do it. And I was so frustrated. And I thought, I'm going to figure out how to not have this never be a problem again. Well, you mentioned the, the calf raises. I do calf raises every single day. And I haven't had now my calves will get tight and sore a little bit every once in a while, but I haven't had a serious issue with my calves for sure. ever since then. Yeah. So. Yeah, but he's got a great he's got a great um, focus here, especially at the he end does. of this post of you know I, you can't help but think about you know Paul with a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. He's he's allowing God to tell him something through here, or yeah. he's open to learning something through this from God. And, you know, that's that's the way we should be about any trial or struggle that we go to. You know, so often we want to we wanna focus on the negative. We want to focus on woe is me. And so many times, God, and we're going to talk about this in the story coming up, I mean, so many times, most every time, the things that we learn the most that God's trying to show us, we learn it in the valleys. That's we true. We don't learn it on the mountaintops. Yep. 
One of the things that he mentions here that I, I just want to throw out a word of caution for is using ibuprofen. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with using ibuprofen, but you have to remember that when you use ibuprofen, you're masking the problem. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be, be sure that you're not going out every day and taking ibuprofen before every run. Yeah, never take it before you. a workout. I mean, never yeah. take it before an activity right. because but, yeah. you're just going to mask it and you could be doing more damage. Now, if if it you know, and it should be used sparingly, but if you need it, it should be done after t- probably right. at the end of the day when you're not going to be doing any damage, right? Uh, because you're not going to feel that damage if you're taking it before. Yeah. The other thing about this post too that I noticed is that he went 33 weeks with no problems. Yeah. Be thankful mm-hmm. for going 33 weeks with no problems. I get it. I understand the competitive nature that that he has because I'm the same way, but. But we should remember we had 33 good weeks, you yeah. know, and if we struggle for a few weeks, well, not so bad after right. 33 good weeks. So he's got it right, though. He's praying for God's will to be done. And that is the way to look at it. Well, we had a trivia question from last week. and It was kind of a trick question, I guess, if you look at it. How many calories does running burn? Well, again. It's sort of a trick question because it depends. Mm-hmm. It depends on a lot of factors. And there is no one answer. But here are some variables that do make a difference. Um, your weight. Um, a larger person obviously requires more calories to be burned to keep the body moving. You take somebody who's six foot four and 220 pounds mm-hmm. and then put them next to a five foot tall, 105 pound woman. And guess which one's going to have to use more calories to get sure. moving? Uh, no doubt about it, right? So, and then pace, you burn more calories the faster you run or the harder you run, right? That makes sense. Um, and then, uh, and now, now here's the other, the other, the other side of the burning calories, how fast you burn calories um, as far as pace goes is that seems to almost cancel itself out a little bit because if you run faster than you, if you're looking at distance. Mm-hmm. So for three miles, I may burn the same amount of calories whether I run fast or slow because. I may be burning more calories, but I'm but out there for a shorter yeah. period of time. Sure. So, uh, and then three, um, where you're running. So if you're running up and down hills, you're going to burn more calories. You're running on a trail rather than the road, you're going to burn more calories. You're burn, you're burning the least number of calories on a nice flat, even track. Um, but you're still going to burn a lot of calories. So, um, most apps, treadmills, most of those things, they overestimate the number of calories we actually burn. Um, although they're relatively close most of the time. Um, I always thought that I burned about a thousand calories an hour when I run at a pretty good pace. That's not just, that's not pedestrian. That's not Mm -hmm. a super easy run. That's kind of a moderate run. Um, and you know, the difference they say between running at a seven minute pace versus an eight minute pace is about a hundred calories per hour. So it's, that's a 10% 10 difference is a pretty substantial difference. Um, and, and that's according to a calculator. But I find it hard to believe that because you go to these calculators, right? And if I go to the calculator, you and I weigh pretty close to the same thing. So according to this calculator, you and I are going to burn the same number of calories at eight minute pace. Do you believe that? No. No way. No. There's no way. No, I mean, there's so many. I mean, you got you and then you can start laying in metabolism and things like you can layer in the heat. There's so many things. That's why, you know, I. And I don't say anything, but I kind of, you know, giggle to myself when, you know, you're running with somebody or you go for a walk with somebody and they look at their watch and they say, I just burned 280 calories. Well, you know, maybe at what state, you know, <laughs> what universe is that? But yeah, I mean, it's, um, I think a lot of people get too hung up on that. They do. They, they do. do. Yeah. 
the bottom line is you're going to burn probably between 600 and a thousand calories an hour yeah. when, when you run and that's a good number of calories. Yeah. So, but just remember, you know, if you go and you eat, you eat one dessert, that may be enough for one dessert right there. You may only burn one dessert right. in your, uh, in, in your uh, hour long run. So a lot of people have a tendency to go, well, I can eat whatever I want now. Cause I just <laughs> ran for an hour. Yeah. yeah. No, not necessarily. But it also goes to illuminate the how tricky it is once, especially when you start getting in the marathon, and especially for those who are out there five, six, seven hours, that you're you're burning, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred calories, possibly even a thousand calories an hour. Well, you can't take in that much. Yeah. And so that's where nutrition really becomes critical because you know if you're one of those that gets up and you don't eat anything in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then you go out for a 20 mile training run that for some people it may take them four or five hours. You're, you're going to be in bad shape by yep. the end. So learning how to fuel, not only during your workout, but during the day and pre-workout is so critical because we can't take in enough calories to make up for what we're losing. You know, you can, but your, your stomach is going to rebel yes, on you. So, I mean, the average that you hear, I mean, come, going back to my Ironman days, three to 400 calories is about the, that's the max you're going to be able to take in yeah. without having GI distress and things yeah. like that. So that's just another good thing to bring up is, you know, yeah, for sure. learning how to take in calories, especially if you're doing those really, really long time-wise runs. Yeah. And running is one of the best, most efficient calorie burning exercises that you can do, if not the best, uh, because you can burn more calories doing some other things like weightlifting burns more calories. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is you can't weightlift con- consistently for an hour sure. like you can running. So uh, it, it really is the most efficient way to do it. Um, and then don't forget about walkers. You burn a lot of calories when you walk too. Yeah. You know, when you're ta- on a distance you probably burn 500 calories an hour run or walking. So yeah. especially if you do it with purpose. I got tickled last night. You know, we, we're still getting settled in our house and it's a rental house. And, but we have the treadmill in there and it's, it's basically in the middle of the living room because there's just no other place for it. And uh, Lane got on it last night and you could see him doing math in his head. He said, what pace did you and Dean walk that half marathon? And I told him, and he set the treadmill on that pace. <laughs> You know, Lane is not a fast walker. He's a he's a fast runner, yeah. but he's not a fast walker. And he got off that. And he said, I don't see how y'all did that for 13.1 miles. Huh. And uh, <laughs> I just thought that was pretty good because we burned some calories that day. Yeah, for sure. we, we did. That is for sure. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run For God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back, and you know, we are looking for your story. If you haven't submitted yours yet, what are you waiting for? 
we need it. Um, we've got a couple in the kitty and that's not many. So uh, we, we've got to have some stories. So if you've thought about submitting your story, now is a good time mm-hmm. to go ahead and, and get that thing written down, get it into the website and let us use that because it's probably going to come up pretty quick at this point sure. if you uh, if you go ahead and submit it. So, well, let's talk about another study. I know you love when I talk about studies. So studies. Uh, I go out there and try to find as many of them as I can. <laughs> This one comes out of Great Britain, and it's about static isometric exercises. Now, that's things like planks, mm-hmm. wall sits, uh, glute bridges, things where you, you, you put yourself into a pose, you tighten up those muscles, and you hold it, and uh, a- a- anything like that. Now, it turns out that those types of exercises are particularly good at lowering your blood pressure. So I thought that was interesting that uh, they're actually better than running as far as lowering your blood pressure. Never would have guessed that. Um, so if, you're, if, you, if you have high blood pressure, this may be a good way to help reduce that blood pressure by doing some of these exercises. Um, this study was done with 16,000 participants, so it was a really significant study. Um, this is from the, stu- the, from the article. It said the researchers also noted that other exercises such as squats, press-ups, high-intensity interval training, and cardiovascular exercises had a positive impact on blood pressure, although their impact was less pronounced compared to static isometric exercises. So running does lower your blood pressure, but just not quite as much. Um, interestingly, a secondary analysis found that most the most benefit was in those performing isometric wall squats among runners. So it seems that wall squats in particular are really good for runners to do to lower their blood pressure. Um, and I've, I don't ever do wall squats, but I may start doing it because I read some other things about it. It sounds like wall squats, I started looking into that, and wall, squat, wall squats in particular are really good for endurance. Mm-hmm. So if you need some more endurance if you feel like that's where you're lacking in fitness is endurance then wall squats may be a good way for you to to do that so that used to be one of the challenges we had for the triathlon team were you around then or is that before you i don't remember i that. used to line them up on a wall and it was the last man standing or the oh, last wow. man sitting yeah doing a wall squat and i'll never forget <laughs> rebecca Poe would win it every time is that right long legs as she had you thought there would be it would be harder for her yeah but she she would win Every single time. So I guess my issue with this study, you know me, I like to poke the holes in the study. It's kind of like what you said with the uh, weightlifting Mm -hmm. and burns more calories than running. Well, same thing here. You can't do a 30 minute long wall sit. So is it talking, is it talking time doing the the exercise? It, It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like just doing the exercise. Just just doing it for, uh, for you know, for several minutes. So doing a, a wall sit is better at lowering your blood pressure than a thirty minute run. That's what it sounds. That like. seems hard to believe. It does seem hard to believe. Seems really hard to believe. But I don't know. Um, I, I like the idea that it also is really good for your endurance. It sounds mm-hmm. like wall squats are probably about as good as um, anything. See, I would think it's do. good for your endurance, but not in the way that they're probably talking because they hurt. They do hurt. And you learn you learn to hurt when you're doing a wall sit. Yeah. I mean, that is some of the um that's some of the most acute pain you can have. Yeah. Uh, cuz everything in your legs and, and lower body is just screaming. 
Well, it says it's possible to see positive results from isometric exercises in, a, in as little as five weeks. Uh, when squeezing, you should aim to do so for two minutes at a time. Do this four times with each hand. Oh, this is talking about hand squeezes. So one of the things that you can do that's really good, and you can do this anywhere, is to take a tennis ball or something that you can squeeze and squeeze it for a couple of minutes at a time and then let up. Do that four times. Do that a few times a week, and they say that that will lower your blood pressure. And now, again, that's something that you, you can do. You think it's just because it's activating so many things when you do that? I don't know. I guess so. Because um, I'm thinking about the exercise that we had the – the athletes do it for a time uh, when we were doing like activation drills. But do you remember the one, and I don't know if you ever saw this, but they say the best activation drill you can do is you kind of, you kind of bend your knees. So you're activating all your, your leg muscles. You put your hands together between your knees, you pull out with your hands and you're pushing in with your knees and you're you're basically contracting every muscle in your body when you do yeah. that. And you do. When you, you do that for like 10 seconds and you get done and you're like, oh, I Worn feel out. so relaxed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I don't know if that's kind of what this is, is it's, it's just activating things that people don't normally activate during the day. Yeah, I guess there's something to the idea that your muscles are being stressed, but they're not being traumatically stressed. Right. Right? So there's no real hard, uh, I don't know, acute thing that your muscle is doing and maybe that that gentle but tough right. thing that you're doing makes a difference i don't know it's pretty cool it's pretty good pretty good uh news i think because you can do these anywhere yeah i mean i think the secret to all this with blood pressure and, and health in general is just get the body moving that's it do stuff amen. do hard things amen well our story this week comes from michelle mitjeff um i hope i'm saying that right um she writes this story called God is God and God is Sovereign. I was born into an extremely loving family and am the youngest and only girl. When I was seven years old, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I remember specifically the doctor saying my prognosis was to live until around the age of 45 if everything went okay. I was allergic to the insulin and it caused my muscles to atrophy. My parents were exceptionally meticulous about controlling everything, thank God. We were a godly family who didn't know God personally, but yet knew of him. Unfortunately, my parents divorced the next year. To make matters worse, my neighbor told me it was because of the stress of my sugar problem. Being young, I immediately felt tremendous guilt. My friend invited me to Awana's, and I met Jesus the first night. He was so real to me, and I remember weeping and thinking everything is okay. We memorized much of God's word, which was crucial in the ensuing years. My mom remarried someone who was very abusive. It was extremely traumatic, and I often prayed for help. God was working behind the scenes. I remember having to take care of many matters myself and having to grow beyond my years. I always said, I will be stronger than my mom and never depend on a man. I also thought, because I was going to die younger, that I should just live life to the fullest. I later did. Meanwhile, my stepdad was arrested and went to prison, all the while threatening to kill us. I later doubted my belief in God. I remember thinking about how, God, how could God allow things like this to happen. 
the experience hardened my heart. When I was 20, I got bad news. I needed surgery in my eye due to diabetes. I was petrified. My doctor spoke the gospel to me. He prayed for me, and later my vision was fully restored. As I drove home, he washed me with all the verses I had memorized as a young girl, but I was still resistant and angry about the abuse I suffered uh, at my mom and at my life. At the time, I worked for a senator in Washington, D.C., and I knew he was different. I made a deal with myself to read the books he read to be more like him. He told me the most important book is the Bible. Dang it. I was trapped. I began reading hours a day with an open heart. The Lord began to wash me, opening me up to his healing balm. My heart was on fire. I began reading the word more than I studied for college. I began fellowshipping with other believers. I began allowing him to heal my wounds, to pour the oil and the wine. My mom got saved. My brother got saved. As I began this couch to marathon journey, I asked God to continue to grow me where he wants to because I know he's not done, but I don't know exactly what that means. Two important matters have risen to the surface during this journey. One, my independence from others. I had to be self-sufficient to survive and had major trust issues. I have finally found joy in asking for help and being open to my amazing husband and running partner. It's not a me thing, but a body of Christ's salvation. I found freedom here. Number two, not recognizing his absolute sovereignty and lordship in my life. I realized with my diabetes, I feel I can control it apart from him. But truly, he has numbered our days. We do our part, but the rest is his. He has predetermined our course. Each day should be like I may meet him face to face today. Without these matters in my life, I don't believe I'd know him. He knows what each of us needs. We may pray for others to be rescued, but God is allowing circumstances to bring them and us to him and a deeper understanding of him and a deeper building up together. Hmm. Man, I'm so sympathetic to people who go through things like this because I look back at my life and I've been so fortunate. I mean... You know, my mother and father got divorced after I was graduated from high school. And I mean, I guess that's the most traumatic thing that that ever happened to me family wise. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, you know, obviously there's been probably more some more traumatic things that have happened to me personally. But um, but I've always been so fortunate. And I look at folks that don't get a chance to grow up in the same kind of atmosphere that I did. And I feel bad for them mm. for sure. Yeah, I think I, I probably grew up more closely to to how michelle grew up than than you did but i mean there's a there's a look of course we've always talked about to see god's handprints and god's footprints and god's path you got to look back and you know i can look back at the times in my life you know i've talked about my dad's story on here but i see that in the end god used it all for his glory yeah and and so for that reason you you shouldn't feel bad. I, I, there's a very thought-provoking question that Michelle asked on down here that we'll get to that kind of touches on what I just said, that, that we we shouldn't feel bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you have struggles, hardships in your life, you've got to understand, number one, that while you're in it, there is a reason, and that's very hard to do. But two, 
when you get past it, you got to look back and see what that reason was because there always is one. And, but you can only learn and grow from it if you look back and see what that reason is. Yeah. And we have the choice, right? There, there's sure. really a choice of going one of two directions. I mean, in your case, you had the choice of either running closer to God mm -hmm. or running away from God. And she mentions in here how she had doubt and she was running away from God at times. Sure. Um, you probably had some of those uh, same circumstances. Yeah. And um, yeah, but eventually, eventually, once you realize what's going on, you know, it's a lot like, you know, it's not a lot, not a lot different than running. You have to be willing to want to face mm -hmm. the, the, the tough things. You got to be willing to want to face that tough workout, that hard run, that long run. You have to be willing to want to face the difficulties in life. Now, nobody goes into a circumstance, into one particular thing and goes, I want this to be hard, right. you know, personally. Yeah. Um, but we have to be thankful when we do get through them. Sure. Here's a scripture passage. I had questions God's sovereignty in my life in allowing certain events, but these were for my salvation. Romans 9.20 through 9.23 says, But rather, O man, who are you to answer back to God? Shall the thing molded say to him who molded it, Why did you make me thus? Or does not the potter have authority over the clay to make out the same lump one vessel unto horror and another unto dishonor? And what if God, wishing to demonstrate his wrath and make his power known, endured which much with much long-suffering vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, in order that he might make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy which he had before prepared unto glory? We're either willing participants with God or we are rebellious people yelling at our creator saying why in the world did you create me this way um we, we have this tendency to want to create god's wisdom in the way that he made us in the circumstances that we have and um we have to be careful with that yeah um and the idea of the pottery questioning the potter seems so crazy you know this whole idea of, of the the clay hollering out to the person who's molding the clay, you know, what in the world are you, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And, um, but that's really what we're doing to God. Sure. When we do that, for sure. We do it all the time. We yeah. absolutely and it, do. And it is as ridiculous as it sounds, but yet we do it all the time. It is. Another scripture, she says, eventually God's word that was in me from my youth showed me his word is truth, that I'm a child of God despite my past, but based on his promise. It can be a daily struggle to not drift back to other thoughts. I so love this verse expressing Mary's faith in his word. Luke one thirty eight says, And Mary said, Behold the slave of the Lord. May it happen to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Hmm. That really is a beautiful verse. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's our, it should, it, that should be our sentiment as we're walking into anything God's leading us into, yeah. whether it be bad or good. Yeah. I love when we have verses that we've never discussed on the podcast yeah. before that come up. And this is one of those, uh, this one and the one before it. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about what the angel of the Lord was telling Mary at that point in time. Uh, it was, it was about the worst thing that a young woman in those days could hear. Yep. I mean, the shame, the ridicule that she knew was going to be in front of, I mean, possibly the, the, I mean, death. 
I mean, we never talk about what could have happened, but it ha- we had to think about those things that was going through Mary's head when the angel of the Lord said, you're going to be pregnant and you're not married and you're a young woman. That was that was the kiss of death for many young women back yep. in those days. And But she said, may it be your will yeah, and not mine. It kind of takes us back to Jesus praying in the garden. Um, he knew what he was about to face, but he was he was up for it. It kind of makes me think about the equivalent today. What is the equivalent today? And I think the equivalent today is you know being accused of something. You know, you're you're a racist, and all of a sudden people are just all over you and looking at you and going, you know, you're a horrible human being mm-hmm. for being the way that you are. When there was no intention, there was no there was no Nothing wrong with what you did or said. And then thanking God for yeah. being in that circumstance because sure. that's what she's doing, right? And so that's just amazing to know because, you know, I'm always bargaining with God when it comes to things like that, right? And we all need to do that. Romans twelve five. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one of another. We depend on him, but also the other members, just as in our body the members can't live apart from the head nor the other members without dying. There are no lone rangers in the Christian life, Mm -hmm. right? We all have this important role to play in the body of Christ, and it's telling us we, we are important, but it's the whole body that, that matters, right? I think about the run club, the group, the run mm-hmm. club group. And I think about how uh, great the group is, mm-hmm. but the group, no one person is greater than the group, right? That, that it, it's because there's so many different personalities and people coming together that make this group so much fun and so edifying for all of us, right? To look at, both the guy who runs at a pretty fast pace and, 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 you know, is kind of more of a well-oiled machine versus the person who is just struggling to just run for a minute and walk for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, and they both come together and it, it creates this great picture. Yeah. I, I think back to something that Mark Yoho told me one time, you know, we've talked about Mark on here before, but you know, we, we hear this verse and, and, the first thing we go to is we need to do the things that, that God is leading us to do. We need to be that arm or we need to be that foot. We need to be that whatever in the church. But one time I was talking to Mark and I was asking, we were talking about a specific um, society issue that was going on at the time. And Mark gave me some great insight into this verse because I said, Mark, why don't why don't you ever talk about that? You know, what that particular thing we were talking about, I said, why don't you ever talk about that? Because that is something that needs to be preached and in America today. And he said, God hasn't given me the freedom to do that. He said, Mark would love to talk about it. But God gave me this lane. Mark preaches the cross. Yeah. And if you know Mark, that is that is his message. That is where God that is Mark's arm yeah. in society. Yeah. But what we want to do so many times is we want to go over here and and because it's something that's either aggravated us or we think is an injustice and we want to speak out against it. 
without having God led us to do that. And it was so, that was such wisdom that I learned from Mark in that moment that, you know, because this particular thing we were talking about, it's like, I wanted to go shout it from the rooftops. And in fact, I was talking to a lot of people, not preaching it or anything like that, but it was very convicting the moment he said it that 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 was Mitchell talking. Yeah. That was Mitchell in the flesh wanting to right this wrong and God hadn't hadn't now there's people that God has in place to do that thing. Yeah. And it's so it's kind of like, you know, you've got a you've got somebody in church that's over the Sunday school and I'm in charge of running the sound, that would be about me running over and saying, I'm going to learn, I'm going to lead the Sunday school now. Yeah. We've all got our place and, and God will convict you to where you need to be. But what we don't need to do is go where God is not convicting us, which is so easy, but it goes along with this verse. Well, it's, it's easy to want to do that. It's, it's really hard not to do it too. Right. I mean, Oh my goodness. We just, we want to, we want to fix everything. But, you know, that's one thing I can say about Mark. He's he's stoic in his quietness sometimes. Yeah. And many times, quietness speaks louder than words. You're right. And uh, I don't know. I really admire people who can do that because you know yeah, me. He can. I can't. And I, I struggle with it. Now, yep. You know, it's. I think we're both learning Yeah. the longer we go through this journey. But um, you look at people like Mark, and he can. He can say so much without ever saying a word because – you know where he stands. Yeah. And he doesn't have to say it many times. Yeah. Question. In the difficulties you are passing through, have you recognized God's sovereignty? Have you asked him how he is trying to save you or what he is after in your growth? Do you always try to solve others' problems without realizing God may be using them to gain that person? I mentioned a little while ago that there was a thought-provoking question. It's that last question. Do you always try to solve others' problems without realizing God may be using them to mm. gain that person? It's kind of what I just said with Mark. We want to jump in and do. But many times God is is leading people into paths that's either going to mold him, mold them, or it's going to win them to him. And that's why we have to be very sensitive and prayerful before stepping into situations. But many times we just want to jump in with both feet and not give any thought to what God may be doing in that situation. Yeah, you know, I had a situation that, uh, this past week. I'm, I'm sitting in line at Costco. And, you know, the That's gas enough line. to make you get in the flesh. The gas line. You've been at the gas line at Costco, right? I don't get gas at Costco. Do you not? It's always a huge line. Oh, man, the, for the cost, though. I, I, can't, I can't pass it up. If I'm there, I get gas. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm waiting in line. And, you know, the line is long. And you're going to have to wait. And while I'm waiting, I look up ahead of me and I see this car and nobody's getting out of the car. And then I finally look up again and I see somebody finally got there. doesn't look like he's hurrying at all. And I'm like, that is so disrespectful to all the people around here that you're not out there. Because when I do, when I pull up, I've got my card ready and I'm, 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 I'm going to get in there and get out and get it done as fast as I can. <laughs> you know, of course, I've got a bigger gas tank, so I've got a... I want to make sure that I'm not the person holding the line up. And anyway, I'm real cognizant of that. Well, this person wasn't. And I thought, what, what in the world are you doing? And then I look down and I look at the, but here's the first, and he says, my brain is so bad sometimes where it goes. I look down, I see there's a, a handicap license plate. And I think, oh, that, so, and I look at the person pumping the gas and I'm thinking, 
you're not handicapped. So now you're taking advantage of this handicap thing. And I'm thinking, I, I, and you know, I'm seething, you know, and, I, <laughs> and then I realized what had happened. It was the guy that works at Costco who was pumping, pumping the, the gas. gas the person the gas. was disabled. They pulled up <laughs> to the gas pump and they waited for the, the person. I love your transparency. I mean, because I mean, we all do that. I mean, we, we do. Yep. And there again, that's, uh, yeah. And I felt so bad afterwards. But you know, it's just, that, that's what we do. We want to fix things, right? We want to get out of our car and go tell that guy, Speak out hey, an can, injustice. You, can you move a little quicker, dude? Yeah. And that's not even what he, <laughs> it wasn't even part of the context of what was going on. Uh, and so often that's what happens with things is we're, we're looking at something one way and the context we're looking at it from is all wrong. I'm just glad me and everybody listening can learn at your expense because that was pretty bad <laughs> yeah yeah at <laughs> but least, we've all done it at I least mean, in this case i didn't say anything yeah so it That's was true. just in my mind so that it was good it right was good <laughs> another question are you in the word each day is your faith simple in recognizing may it happen to me according to your word Whew, i wish i love the last the last question yep it really is that simple that anything God puts in front of us that needs to be we need to have the attitude of Mary mm -hmm. um, but so many times we we like to find uh, what's wrong with that and why we shouldn't be going through that and why somebody else should be going through that when if God puts it on you be thank be be Paul we need a t-shirt that says just be Paul yeah you know because in all, Everything in prison, beatings. I I rejoice in my affliction. Yeah. And but we especially in this society, we just we don't feel that um that's we shouldn't have to suffer. Yeah. Um You're right. When like we said at the outset of this podcast, most things we learn from God are in our affliction. Yeah. It's in the valleys. It's not on the mountaintops in the good times. It's in the bad times. Yeah. I got to thinking, well, why is it so hard to follow God's plan? Right? Because, I mean, that's what we all talk about. That's what we want to do. We, we want to do that. So if I want to do that, why can't I do that? And I, 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 I thought there's two reasons. One, we either don't know what God's plan is, right? Because we're not Which many not times is the case. That is, that is the true. case. That's right. That's right. And then the second one, of course, is that I'm just a sinful human being that you know, I, I'm 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 going to be obstinate towards God because I'm human, mm -hmm. and uh, those are the two things that get in the way. And once you recognize that, we just have to take a step back when we're in the middle of that and recognize it. And it's not hard to do, but it goes back to the things that you say all the time: is you got to find time to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Because when you're busy moving from one thing to the to the next all the time, you never stop long enough to contemplate. Why do I feel like I do right now? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what gets in the way of us following God's plan so many times is that we're just we're just simply too busy mm -hmm. moving from one thing to another. And I was thinking about the busyness of the world. So this was this was on a Wednesday when I was writing this uh, this podcast, the the notes for this podcast, right? And so here's this is all what was going on at the same time, right? We were doing our weekly devotion at Upward right, right around this time. 
um, I had started this process of getting the high school team registered for a cross country race. And there were some, some things, questions that needed to be answered there. Um, I was signing a waiver for a rafting trip that was going on in, um, the next weekend that I had, that I had to do with the church. Um, of course I'm writing the podcast notes. Um, I was getting a few things together for the PE class I was going to teach that afternoon. Um, and then there's these chat messages coming through teams, Mm -hmm. which was with you and, and, uh, Travis, uh, Travis. And then, uh, I'm getting other text messages at the same time. Um, at the same time that I'm getting messages from, um, the, the, the assistant principal at the, at Cahola Creek saying, um, you need to get your coach's pass updated and some problems that were anyway, all this stuff. And then the same, at the same time, my tea runs out and I got to go get a refill. So all this stuff, now I'm not, in there. I'm not doing all of these things. Obviously I'm not, I'm, I'm listening to, to, uh, a, 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 uh, the, uh, devotion while that's going on. But in and around all of this stuff is all these things going on. This is this is the problem. What you just described That's, is the problem, and it's it's just hilarious. A team's message just popped up uh, from Travis. Hey, Travis. Um, but we we this is we do this to ourselves. Nobody did this to you. No, no. You, we do this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And but our society says. We've got to grind. We've got to do more and more and more and more. And God says, no, no, mm-hmm. yep. you need to do less. You need to find time to where nothing else is happening to sit down with me and to commune with me. Yep. That is so anti our society. Even mm-hmm. even in ministry, we, we start to take on this persona that... We need to do more. So many times, less is more in ministry. Yeah, but we we start to fall into. I know we need to have even in ministry. We need to be frugal. We need to be good stewards. We need to be business minded in the way that we run a ministry. But we have to understand we're in the soul saving business. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen on calendars and checklists and strike off list. All the stuff that I talk about that I pride myself in doing, that's not where it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens in our daily walk with God, praying for God, praying to God and asking him, where do you need me to be effective today? Yeah. That's not a checklist. Yep. That's not a schedule. That doesn't happen. All those things are great, but we have to, we have to understand that there are two lanes on this interstate and, and one leads to efficiency. One leads to great business sense. One leads to all these other things, but the other leads to God being effective. Mm. And I don't, I don't know. I, you, you, everything you checked off there, I, I struggle with the same thing. Yeah. You know, we load yeah. our plate with mm-hmm. so much stuff and we need to even, we need to take some good things off. Yeah, you know we can be so busy in the church that we're not effective at anything in the church. That's very true. Um, I've been there. You yeah. know, I've been working with the Wanas and working with RAs and running the sound and being a deacon and and all these things. And you look up and you never sit with your wife during church. Yeah, I'm thinking about that right now yeah. because I've gotten to where I I run sound almost every Sunday now. Yeah. Well, that's that's not right. Yeah, it's not. So. 
Well, I, I we're 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 all that way to some degree. And here's the problem that I see with all of it is that when you get these messages that come in, a lot of this, a lot of what I described were emails and messages and things that come in that kind of demand my attention, right? Because they're hitting me in the face going, hey, hey, we need your attention here, right? Mm -hmm. God doesn't do that. God doesn't hit us in the face to get our attention. Mm -hmm. God God says, I I want you to come to me and I want you to do it on, uh, I want it, it needs to be on my terms, but I need you to do it. It needs to be. Willfully. Right. You need to want to do it. He doesn't have that sound that just popped up on this computer. That's right. He doesn't have these alert. Now, sometimes it is. Well, and, that's true. That, that's the that's the alarm bell. And, yeah. But but we won't hear those alarm bells if we'll listen to that still small voice. That's right. But sometimes God will ring the bell, and yeah. it's <laughs> that's never the good conversation. That's right. It's it's always. But if we'll listen to that still small voice and be guided by it every day, and when He prompts us, Mitchell, stop what you're doing, mm. and and talk to me. How many times do we just push that voice down? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and it's wrong. And yeah. um, maybe I'm the only one listening to this or on this no, setting that struggles with that. But no, you're convicting me now. We do, <laughs> we do. We 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 hit the snooze button on that because we've got all these other alarm bells going off. Yeah, and all these other alarm bells don't matter. Yeah, they don't matter. They really don't. Boy, that's well said. Last question. Who are you built up with? Is it only those you prefer? If God puts you in a situation with other believers you may not prefer, could you recognize your members one from another and need those members? Man. So God will absolutely put people in your life to rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Sandpaper is rough, yeah. but yet it smooths things out. Boy, that's, I had that written down. I just that's didn't pretty come good. Up with it. But it's true. I mean, I because I, I, I thought about that question and I thought, man, there's people that God has put in my life um, that just rub me the wrong way. That just, but I look back and I, I thank God for those people. Yeah, you know, I think because a lot of times it's truth. Yeah. People will put God. People will put God will put people in your life to speak truth to you sometimes when you don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. And that is abrasive. Yep. But it's what you need to hear. Yeah. You know, I think you and I are this way. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I say things to you that I know make you mad. And you say things to me sometimes it's like, ah, oh, I wish he wouldn't have said that. But it's truth. Yeah. A lot of times it's what we need to hear when we need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I love that quote. Um, I'm gonna have to remember that one. What's Sand, that? Sandpaper's rough, but, but it, it smooths things it smooths out. Things out. I like that. I think the question, back to the previous question, um, is it in God's will, right? That, that, that's, that's where it all comes down to is, yes, God's going to put people in our lives. Is, is, it, is it in his will for that person to be in our life? And typically the answer is yes. Um, you know, this past week we had a cross-country practice that just wore down my last nerve. We had several of our, several of our best runners not there. I think we had four of our top ten runners were not there. Um, I hadn't slept well in a couple of weeks. I don't know why, but that, that was just something that was going on. So, you know, you get a little on edge when you're not sleeping well. Um, and, and so, again, frustration number one, several of our best runners aren't there. Um, frustration number two is we get to where we do our workouts, and they had just cut the hay in the field. And you know how that is. When they do that, you really can't run on the trail. Mm-hmm. So now I've got to create a whole separate – got to 
figure out a whole different workout for us to do. So I had to create this new new workout. It's not a big deal, but it's a little frustrating. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just extra things you got to do. Um, and then, you know, you get a few runners who are just not doing what you ask them to do. And that was like the third strike. And I literally, at that point, I, I just wanted to walk away. I just wanted to go, you know what? This isn't worth it. I, I don't, they sure don't pay me enough to, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be there and, and to do that. But then again, you look at it on the, on the other side. What is, what is all that? That's sandpaper. Sure. Right. And God is, is working on my, he's done a few things. I've mentioned a couple on here today. You know, he's working on that patience that I need to get better at. And, um, and that's a good thing mm-hmm. as much as I don't like it. It's a good thing. So I do know that God had me there and I needed to do the best that I could with that situation, regardless how it was rubbing me. Sure. Um, again, God's plan is not always going to be smooth and easy. Um, and we, we have to recognize that. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab okay so we know that running and or walking can help us lose weight Um, we've heard many examples over the years we've seen many examples but they have recently found out that it's not just about the calories that you're burning when you exercise. They're finding out that when you go for a run, it actually suppresses your appetite. That was a surprise to me. Um, was it? That we're actually less hungry. Are you more hungry? Are you less hungry when you when you run? Now, I'm less hungry immediately following running. Well, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, the boys, if, if they have a – like when Landon comes home from practice and we've got dinner ready, he, he can't hardly eat. Yeah. So yeah. immediately after, but yeah, I mean, within an hour, I'm ready to. Yeah, then you're ready, ready to, to eat. eat. Yeah, but, but apparently, it, it does suppress your appetite, and so um, that that's that's a good thing, right? Um, again, I I like to. There have been a few runs. I can remember times where I get through with a run, typically like a long run. Sometimes I just feel just like I want to eat a horse. You know, I'm just super <laughs> super hungry. But for the most part, I think that's true. Um, and I think that if we pay heed to that, then maybe that's another reason that when you have that struggle that day that you can't get out the door, maybe think about that. Yeah. Yeah. If I get out the door, it's going to suppress my appetite. That's a good thing. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I'll, maybe I'll lose a pound today. Um, of course, now, if you're new to running, you have to be careful with this, right? Because if you're new to running, you need to understand that you need calories. Right. You're burning more calories. You need those calories. You need the energy. So be careful that you that you make sure that you're, eating enough to keep you going i think that's really important this is something i found out through experimentation when um when i was i I realized at one point this is this is how food and your body kind of 
you should pay attention to how they interact with each other. I was eating ramen noodles for lunch every day. So I would cook, actually I had two packs of ramen noodles every day for lunch. That's what I had. And I would eat these ramen noodles and I loved them. They're, they're good, right? But I would notice that when I went for a run that evening, I always felt really sluggish and just didn't feel good. I didn't feel like I had energy and, and all of that. And then I, I thought, well, I wonder if it has something to do with what I'm eating. So I started putting beans mm -hmm. in my ramen noodles and it added a little bit of protein, a little bit more substance to what I was eating. And lo and behold, mm -hmm. I felt way better. So um, t take a look at what you're eating and how you feel and connect those things. And you may find something that is hurting you that you don't need to eat. Yeah. And uh, or and or you may find that thing that really helps you and maybe you need to eat more of. Sure. Right. So, uh, yeah, check that out. All right. It's time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. I'm so competitive. Sometimes it hurts. <laughs> but this is about not being like me. It's called ultimately it is not a competition. Americans love competition. As a matter of fact, we'll make anything into a competition. We'll drive around the parking lot for several minutes because we want to find the closest spot. Never mind that we could have parked in the farthest spot in the lot and been in the store already. That's not you. Well, maybe you're one of those people who, who will listen to a story and then feel the need to tell your story. You know, the bigger one, because it feels like a competition. No. Or are you the type who feel like you need to beat the GPS by arriving earlier than the GPS app projects? <laughs> Maybe none of those describes you, but I bet if I went further, I'd hit a competition nerve somewhere for at least 80% of you. I think it's because we feel the need to treat everything like a competition that we get frustrated with running and or walking. Oh, there are times when it is certainly when it certainly is a competition. Uh, whether you're striving to run fa a faster 5K or just trying to cross the finish line of your first half marathon, there are competition moments. But running is not just about the race. The problem for many of us, and I'm certainly included, is that we need to have an end point. But the truth is that although the finish line of your first or even 50th half marathon is a finish line, you're never truly finished. And that's where the conflict arises. The finish line is not the end. It may be the end of that particular goal, but we still have to keep our bodies in shape. So the finish line is never the finish line. You can't win the competition because the competition never ends. If we're doing it right, life, running, walking, are all lifelong battles to keep our body healthy. We all want to reach goals, but goals are not the end point. Your quest is to be the healthiest you is not really a goal. It's a system. And if we understand it that way, it might be easier to stay on track. Your running journey is a system of going from one goal to another. Many of us are let down a little after meeting a goal. We may find it hard to stay on the road to greater fitness. But if we change our perspective to understand there is no finish line, that it's not a competition, and that it is a system to being a better you, then maybe getting out the door to complete your workout every day will become much easier. We have the same issue with our faith. It's not a competition, and there's no moment in time when we stop the journey. One day, our mortal time will end, but until that day, we should be striving to be the best Christian we can be. 
In other words, we should have a system in place that moves us closer and closer to the ideal that God wants us to be. Following God's plan for our lives is a system, not really a goal. If you're ultra competitive, start looking at your fitness journey, not as a series of races to reach a goal, but as a system that simply includes some competition along the way. When you reframe the way you look at it, the daily grind becomes much easier to weather. And understand that making it to church on Sunday, witnessing to your neighbor, and living the life God has planned for you is all part of the progression of moving closer to God. So think of goals as short-term things, while the system that helps you reach them are the long-term solution to reaching them. Competition is great, but having a system to keep you on track is better. If you feel let down after a race, or even after a few hours after a great Sunday morning service, learning to change perspective could be the answer you've been looking for. That's a great word, Dean. It's just, it's eerie how the timing of it is. You've got a book laying over there in the floor that we're about to start going through called The Infinite Game. Yeah. And I read the intro in the first chapter last night. It's a book that Travis uh, recommended to us. And I think that's what this book is about. It's it's not about it from a Christian perspective, but it's talking about how, you know, we have all these uh, finite games and goals that we play, but mm-hmm. the the secret to success in so many of our areas of our lives are infinite goals. It's goals that we never reach. It's goals that we only, it's things that we progress towards and get yeah. better day after day. And that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. So many times if we set a goal with an infinite thing, we get to that goal and we we feel that down yeah. because it never ends. And and becoming the best Christian, that's not a finite goal. Yeah, that is a goal that lives on for our whole life. And uh, I don't know, it's just kind of neat that you got a book laying there yeah, on the floor that is what this is. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, competition for me has always been something that, and and I really, I mean, I when I hit a when I reach that goal, I mean, there's a big letdown for me. Yeah, it's hard to keep keep things going and trying to change my perspective on, on that. I remember when I was a kid, um, here's how competitive I was. When I was a kid, we had back behind my house, they were building this new section onto our subdivision and there was this dead end road right behind my house and there was a little pond next to it. And next to that pond was this big pile of gravel. They, you know, like, I don't know, three quarter inch pieces of gravel and a big pile of them. And I would go over there with a one and a half inch dowel, and I would throw them up and hit them across the pond. And I would make up games in my head as I hit each one, mm-hmm. you know, that I was playing a baseball game in my head. And I was so competitive that that, that was just something I always, I always wanted to be part of a competition sure. all the time. And uh, it actually made me a better baseball player. So actually. You were the reason that contractor showed up and said, where is all our gravel going? <laughs> How is it winding up in that pond over there? <laughs> Well, I always, I was always amazed at how the pile never looked like it got any smaller. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. for all I know, it was that was, infinite pile. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was dumping more on it <laughs> when I wasn't paying attention. Uh, but I, I, I've always loved, um, competition after a marathon. It's really hard after a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. You run a marathon the next day, you're really sore and it's hard to, hard to do much. And, and of course it's good to take a couple of weeks off, sure. but but you got to get back out there again. Mm-hmm. And so my system is that I run every day. Mm-hmm. I just run every day. And that that's good for somebody like me with a, 
very I'm playing the infinite game with a finite mind. Sure. <laughs> yeah. My brain. There's won't a lot hold. to be said for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I make it simple and that seems to help, uh, help me anyway. Um, so, um, you know, I, I get so ingrained in, in systems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've changed recently the day that we do this podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, I've always, I can't tell. Yeah. I, know. I can't yeah. tell that you're struggling with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, you know how you, you take, I kind of organize my whole week around sure. that. And, and so it's a big, it's been a big struggle to mm -hmm. change and, and I'm having a terrible time. I mean, trying to, because there's the so same, many moving pieces with I, it. I have the same number of hours. Sure. Right? It's the same number of hours. It should be the same. But it feels right. almost overwhelming right now. And it's, I mean, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm trying, I'm doing some new things in addition to that. So that makes a difference. But, um, but yeah, I realized how dependent I am on my system and sure. my habits of, of doing the same thing over and over again. And um, yeah, systems are good, but you got to be careful too to make sure that you spend enough time planning on the front end of the system mm -hmm. to make sure it works, right? <laughs> you know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radio Active Station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. Every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this week I want to talk specifically about walking. Um, this is what a walking study shows. It may reduce the risk of dementia. A study published in JAMA Neurology found that taking 9,800 steps may be optimal to lower the risk of developing dementia. However, the study found that taking as few as 3,800 steps per day may lower the risk of dementia by 25%. Hmm. So it sounds like walking... Um, I mean, the, the studies are showing that that's good for dementia to yeah. prevent it from happening. And so, uh, that's a great reason to get I out mean, there I can see it. I mean, day. when you're, when you're out walking or running, your, your mind is engaged. That's true. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. You know, we can say that we, we tune out and we do this, but you, you have to be engaged or mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to be on the ground. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and especially getting out, you know, outside and, and God, I mean, golly bum, you just. There's so much to see that you don't see in a car. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, my mind is fully engaged when I'm out walking or running. Well, and I think getting your getting your blood circulating, I think, is just good for your whole body. Sure. I think everything in your body works better yeah. when you get your blood circulating a little faster. And uh, and so I think that's that probably part of it, too. Of course, that goes that we, that's a walking study, but that goes for running as well. So this past week, they had the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc race, the UTMB, as it is known. Um, 
probably that and the Comrades Marathon are probably the biggest ultra races on the planet. And, you know, we have Badwater and we have Western states here in the United States, but I don't think they're as big as this. Mm-hmm. I could not believe how big this thing was. I saw some video. Have you seen any of it? Yeah, I've, I've watched. A, there's a Netflix documentary on this race. Thousands of people, both, both, both thousands of starters and thousands of people watching. Yeah. I mean, but just, the the a guy he did it was like he was probably a gopro guy he did one of these you know it's all about the the cinematography in this it was less yeah. about the race and more about but the views yeah and the oh my goodness it was i would love to just go walk that thing because it's incredible <laughs> yeah the views there Cham- chamonix france i think that's how you say that um comrades is in south africa i believe but uh this one's in france again the 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 photos like you said are just amazing um there's thirty-two thousand feet of climbing in this race that's amazing um and then this is some insight into ultra runners the race is actually 106.5 miles long but they call it 100 miles sounds like the barclays yeah yeah they say it could be up to 130 miles yeah but they call it a hundred mile race yes yeah yeah (laughs) it's funny um so this race has now become the the 100 mile world finals um and this year it was really interesting of course on the women's side courtney dewalter i think that's the way you say her name i'm not sure um probably the best woman not probably is the best woman ultra athlete ever to live in a lot of cases she beats the men um but this year she came in to this race having already run two 100-mile races this summer. Wow. <laughs> and she's running her third 100-mile race to try to win the world championship. And, of course, she did. She won for the third time in the last four years. Um, just She's incredible. She's like a machine. And then on the men's side, Jim Walmsley finally won. Jim Walmsley, if you remember him, he's the guy that ran the Boston Marathon. They talked about maybe he would do well. Um, in the Boston Marathon, and he did he did fairly well, um, but he's trained really hard for this. He actually moved to France to try to win this race because he wanted to kind of be in that area. Um, I think he's tried it six or seven times, and he finally won it. Um, he is the first American to win the race since two thousand and three, hmm. so this is not uh, uh, an American won race very often. Now on the women's side, there have been a few, and of course Courtney's American as well. Um, He's also, Jim Walmsley is also the guy that ran 100K at under six-minute pace. That's just incredible to me. That's just 60, what's it, 62 miles at at uh, under six-minute pace. That's just, it's hard to, it's hard to fathom it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, here's another story. This one's hilarious. I saw the headlines for this, but I never clicked and read any of them. But oh, my goodness. I'm reading your, your notes, and it's just, it's hard to believe. It really is hard to believe. So the Mexico Marathon, they disqualified 11,000 of the 30,000 people who started the race. And why? For cheating. It seems that they found cars, trains, any, any form of mechanical transportation they could to skip part of the race course. And I'm thinking, really? 11,000 people? Nobody would notice. 11,000 people. I mean, obviously, how do you identify the 11,000? So there was, there was, there was 19,000 that didn't get disqualified. There's not enough cameras and surveillance to, 
that that one. Yeah. I thought when I saw the headline, I thought it was something to do with the course was the wrong distance and by some kind of qualification they were disqualified. I didn't know they were actually disqualified from the race. That's insanity. Yeah, yeah. There apparently were a bunch of complaints, so they finally did an investigation. I bet you. I'm, I, an investigation? I mean, 11,000 people are jumping on a train. <laughs> There's not much to investigate. Yeah, yeah. Well, in my mind, I'll bet this is something that's been going on for years. Oh, it has. Yeah. And and finally, there were enough complaints that they find the, the race officials finally had to do something about it. Probably right. in the past, they thought, well, it's just a few people cheating. It's not that. It's age you, group. Yeah, and, you know. yeah, whatever. But now uh, it got to be too big, and so uh, anyway, I just, I just, I've never understood the mentality of somebody doing this kind of thing. But this is this is not that. I mean, could you imagine be a, being a participant, one of the nineteen thousand, and a third of the field is hopping on a train? Yeah. You would start to think. Am I supposed to hop on the train? Yeah, I know, you know. Right? I mean, yeah. if a third of them are going that way, you're like. <laughs> What am I missing here? Yeah. So how many of the 11,000 were just the sheep yeah. following what was everybody else was doing? <laughs> You're probably right. It's kind of like the guy that makes the wrong turn and the and whole field follows, follows him. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's it. That is true. <laughs> Funny story. All right. Well, let me leave you with this trivia question for this week. I didn't realize there was an answer to this one, but I have recently learned that there is. And so here you go. For how long did Forrest Gump run when he ran across America in the movie Forrest Gump? So That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good question. And I, like I said, I didn't realize there was an answer. I, I just thought it was just, but there apparently is he an answer. He just went running. Yeah. He right. just, I just went running. Yeah. All right. And if you know the answer to that, be the first one to send that to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person, you will win $20 off in the Run for God store. Good old fashioned cash. You got to love it. All right. Let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Norman Vincent Peale. He said, change your thoughts and you change your world. It's true. Boy, that's so Very simple. True. So simple, but so true. Um, it's, it's like the old, um, you know, people talk about running is not running is hard, but it's simple, definitely not complicated. So, and changing your thoughts will change your world. I did that just all goes together. All right. That's 182 episodes. We so appreciate all of you. Those of you who are out there listening, we, we appreciate you share this with others. I was, I saw the other day, I saw a list on some website that said the talked about the best running podcasts mm -hmm. and they didn't have us in the list hmm. now we'll say this list was from 2019 so we wouldn't be on that we list would, we wouldn't have been on that list but um, we need to be on that list make sure that the word gets sure. out yeah. right and so let people know so, about us so share us write comments send it to a friend you know all those things it may seem simple but if everybody's doing it, it makes a big deal absolutely and until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.